Howdy, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. What is your greatest fear? I mean, the biggest fear of your life. Everybody, it seems like everybody's got one. And it's weird. It's almost like we're all wired to have our own tendency to be scared of something. Like some people will say snakes. And like if we're talking Indiana Jones, some people say snakes, some people say rats. Some people call spiders their biggest fear. Some people say it's heights. Some people say it's speed. Going too fast is that's their biggest fear. Like they can't, some people say airplanes. Airplanes are their biggest fear. I know mine. And I want to talk about it on this podcast. I want to bring in our warehouse manager at Yee Apparel and several time podcast guest, ex drummer of mine, Caleb Kelly. He is always has such a great perspective. So I want to talk about that. I also want to dive into your questions, which you could ask me at GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. I hope everyone had a great holiday season. This is the last podcast of 2020. And I, there's like a sigh of relief when I even say that because... 2020 has been uh, such a crazy year for all of us. And I'm not talking about all of us as in Yee Yee Apparel and my band. I'm talking about all of you, too. This podcast is listened to by so many um, different countries and different cultures around the world. I get your emails. And it, it's wild that this, is, this year has affected all of us. Usually you would say something like... This has affected this city or this county or this state or sometimes this country. But this is rare that we could say that this has truly affected the world. It's not like a hurricane that affected a region. This has affected the world. And there's a sigh of relief thinking that we're going into a new year, a new calendar year. And I think it's, it's so much on our shoulders to take on what kind of perspective will we have going into 2021? What will we take away from 2020? What will we never take for granted again that we learned by having less of it or none of it in 2020, like touring? What will we look forward to and say, you know what? I learned that this is where I put my foot down. This is where I say, no, I will not go any further. Maybe this is a time where we say, I've learned to bend. I've learned to, I have an opinion on something, and now I've learned to put my opinion aside, put my ideology aside, and move in a different direction. So you got to get like two different, two completely different perspectives. People that know, I will no longer bend, and people that maybe say, I've learned how to bend. Where do you fall in this whole thing? I think no matter where you fall, I think we could all agree it's, it's nice to at least turn the calendar year into 2021, get away from that 2020 stigma. But although we all know that just because the calendar changes doesn't mean the world's going to change or that the, the pandemic is going to change. It just, it's a, it's a nice, clean, fresh start in our minds. And sometimes our minds is what leads to the full change or the full destination that we're heading for all things to consider. And one thing to, to, to take in right now for me is that a lot of things happened for me in a positive way because of 2020. The Earl Dibble's truck restoration, that happened only because of 2020, only because of me, Butch and Bull were off from touring and mom, mom had this old barn with my old and dad's old truck in it. I go pick it up in a flatbed and take it here to the Yigi farm to rebuild it. That all happened because of 2020. Uh, this podcast is now a weekly thing. I, I was maybe heading that direction knowing that I probably should make it a weekly thing. But when 2020 hit and we stopped touring, I thought, okay, here it is. It's time to make the podcast an every Monday thing. So there, there are a lot of, there are a lot of things that I'll look back on years from now and go, that was because of 2020. There's bad things, of course, but there are things as years go by, we'll see more of the positive and we'll go, it was 2020 that allowed that to happen or opened the door for that to happen. What do you say about that? And how many things have you now realized that 2020 has opened the door for? 
It's all stuff to think about. <laughs> I want to talk about this. And I want to talk about what my greatest fear is. Welcome to the podcast, episode 64. Yee yee. like 12 30 at night and the contestants were out there hands on the truck and they were just talking 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 i guess they were trying to think of things to keep their minds occupied but their 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 conversation was what is your biggest fear and so as i'm going by i was actually taking a picture of them on the roof and they're like hey what's your greatest fear and the reality is i said deep water like that's that's my that is it like I don't feel great about re- being really, really high. You know, like if I'm on a, if I am at the Grand Canyon, which I brought that up to, I could be at the Grand Canyon and I could be sitting on the edge and dangling my legs, right? And I don't feel good about that, but that's nothing compared to how I feel about deep water. And the way that I always, and the way that I told them that day was, imagine you're you're in some really, really deep channel with an unknown bottom. And there's a some kind of warship floating in the middle, tied up. And they say, we need you, for a bet, swim under the warship. The propellers are off. They're, they're there, but they're not turned on. The, the engine's off. But you need, we need to swim all the way under the propellers, unknown what's in these waters, and come out the other side. I'd be like, nope. Hey, no. It could be a million dollars. I'm not doing it. I'm not going in that water. Not my jam. Deep, dark water. No thanks. And then you remind me today of the story of us in California. A, a band trip. We we're, we're on. I guess we were on tour, if you call it that. We didn't have very many people that listened to our music back then. Hundreds. hundreds. What was it, about 2011? Yeah. Yeah, 2011 or 2012. Went out to L.A. and played. Well... We went to Steel Panther. That was <laughs> we played, but not many people came to see us. And we did do a specific trip to. We we're in we we're in like L.A. and we decided to go and paddleboard. Was it L.A. or San Diego or I don't know, wherever? I think Pacific Beach. I'm gonna get it wrong. I'm not from there, but uh, it was gorgeous. And like a week before. Uh, I forget who else friend's name was, but he said that there was a great white shark sighting at that Seal Rock is what they called it. Yeah, that's right, Seal Rock. Do you know Seal Rock? <laughs> if you're listening, you know Seal Rock. So Seal Rock is mm. a is a famous place on the beach, and we decided it's a good idea to paddleboard out there. Yeah, and well, we decided it was an idea. Yeah, we didn't decide it was a good idea. You're right. We decided it was an, a, idea. An, an idea to paddleboard because other people were doing it. Not yeah. a lot, but there was like maybe one other guy out there doing it. Johnny had gone out before us too. Yeah, bass player Johnny had done it. And the guy that was, we, we were, we couldn't afford hotels back then, especially in LA. So we were crashing at one of Tyler's high school buddies' apartment. And he had paddleboards mm-hmm. and you could literally take your paddleboard and walk from there to the water yeah that was awesome so we're like cool we've got the afternoon to kill 
let's go out there and we'll paddle board. How hard could it be? You, you stand on this board. If you've never done this before, it's a massive board. It's bigger than a surfboard. It's massive. It's super long. Like, what could go wrong? You stand on a massive board. You paddle yourself around. And you it's got rubber on the bottom, so you're not going to slip off. And you get to see the sights. And you get to enjoy a nice day at the beach. You know, and the water's cold, so you don't have to swim in the water. You're on top of it. Sounds nice. Sounds super easy. Sounds, Sounds uh, super easy. self-explanatory. So we go at the Seal Rock. Wrong. And this is how far from the shore? Like, I don't know, it's probably only like six, 500, 600 yards. I, from memory, that's what it... Five or 600 yards? Yeah, I guess that's about right. Yeah, because we had to get through like five football fields. Yeah, we had to get through. We could see it <laughs> from from the coast and was like, oh yeah, you know, Seal Rock. It sounds pretty cool. There's been a great white out there. Paddleboard out to it. I was I was uh, I was a little shocked at how hard it is to even just get out to where you can just stand up and paddleboard. And the the water is crystal clear, which is bad because you could see straight down. An infinite amount of feet down. I mean, it's probably it's probably like a hundred feet, but it seems like it could be a thousand, and you it, wouldn't know the difference. All deep dark water to me is a thousand feet. Yeah, and there's all sorts of ugly creatures in there. And there is to help build the scene. There's this kale. Is that what it is called? Kelp is like a kelp, kelp forest. Cannot kale. Kale kelp. is a kale forest. <laughs> it's kelp. Yeah, you're right. It's kelp. That's right, and and there's it's like a kelp forest. So these long, they're like underwater trees, but they don't come out of the bottom. They come out of the surface, and they go they grow down, right? I didn't know that at all. I didn't know that's a. I don't think they grow from the bottom. They grow from the top down, and they are twenty feet long, and there's just. It's a forest of them. So as you're paddleboarding over them, you look and you just see these. It's kind of beautiful. I mean, you're in crystal clear blue water. And you're looking down at these green uh, tr- upside down trees growing down into an, an infinite depth. So it's beautiful, but terrifying. Absolutely terrifying, especially knowing there's seals that you could see. Active seals swimming around. They're jumping on these big volcanic rocks and with seals there's great white sharks yeah so it's this big rock that has a bunch of seals on it that has a kelp forest around it it's like and we decided to go paddleboard out to it which was a god-awful idea and you don't don't really realize any of this until you're out there because from the sand you're looking out you're like dude you want to you guys want to go out there yeah Hey, well, so-and-so has some paddle boards. We could just literally... Does it cost anything? No, it's free. You just go grab and just walk out there and just go... Cool. Does it take any kind of experience? No, you just literally stand on the board and paddle. Yeah, skipping the part where you, like... You know, everybody's seen, like, Baywatch or whatever, where you, you grab the board. This mountain man had no idea how to do it. You know, you grab the board and you're like, I've seen it. You know, I've seen... uh was a point break, you know, where you put the board down, yeah. you paddle out, and then when the wave comes to crest over you, you just kind of hold onto the board and you push down and you go through the wave and then you go to the next one. Yeah. I didn't do that. Did that work out for you? No. I didn't. I, put I my, found out quickly I was terrible. I, I, uh, I, so I put my hands down on the board and I was like, cool, I'm going to do that thing where you just kind of punch through the water. And I, I hit the wave the wave hit the board, the board hit my face, and then I kind of <laughs> rolled around, eventually making it through the wave. But it was not it was not like the movies. No. Liars. I remember you being pretty good. You're you're just kind of naturally good at that kind of stuff. I was bad. And you don't it's one of these things, like I said, you don't realize it till you're in your four hundred yards from the shore and you're in kelp a kelp forest with an infinite depth and you realize Man, this is kind of scary, and I'm kind of getting tired, which is the problem, is when you start getting tired. That's kind of the problem with most things in life. When you start getting tired and fatigued, you lose your sense of space and, and balance and perception. And I'll go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll jump to the punchline. 
Just just to say, we did not see a shark that day. No. Uh, I don't want to lead this story like we're going into, I'm about to see a shark bite my foot. We didn't see one. Not that, <laughs> not that we saw. But I think he was there. Not to say that one didn't see us. I think he was right? there. Right, that's what you're saying? But his evil spirit. What did happen was, I got tired and... At some level, when we thought we should probably be start heading back, I fell off, and that is not the place you want to imagine your two little legs kicking on the side of a massive plastic white board, a beacon for yeah. a dinner bell. You already look like prey. Yeah, you were like thirty yards from the seal rock, and that's where you fell off into the kelp forest. <laughs> By seal rock that has seals on it into the water. I fell off. For a split second, I was like, he's gone, bro. Yeah. I remember he's you gone. told me that. He's, he's gone. gone. He's gone, bro. He was, a, he was a good guy. Well, I couldn't move really fast or I'd fall off and join you. And yeah. I did not want to join you. No, I don't remember. There was two or three of us. Tyler, I think, was with us. I thought it was just two Maybe of John. us. I, it was just well, me and you? Was yeah, it? it was just me and you. Well, that's at how that cloudy point, my memory is. At that point, it was just me. <laughs> so you were gone, bro. You didn't make an effort to jump off, and it it wasn't like I was having trouble um, in the water. It was the fact that I was in the water. That you just don't want to be in the water in the kelp forest by Seal Rock. And it was sheer panic in my eyes because I just thought, here here goes. You know, the, any minute, Mr. Great White Jaws is going to take my legs, and that's going to be the end. And I will have di- officially died inside my deepest fear. I mean, seals are getting taken out. Seals are bigger than me. Yeah. And they have little legs and little faces like me. I'm not that different than a seal. I, you know, no, I don't have as much smaller. blubber. But man. I was watching you. The seals were watching you. Shark was probably watching you. <laughs> I remember sitting still like, he's gone, bro. Just, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> you came popping out of that water like a wet cat. Just, I, I made it back out. And here, I think I fell again. I made it back onto the paddleboard. And I think I, on the way back in, I fell two or three more times. We had passed We had passed the, the kelp forest by then. I remember right after you first got on your board, after you fell the first time, both of us kind of like, you know, like guys like, I mean... <laughs> We can go in. If you want to go in, go in. Yeah. And then we headed in, both realizing that it was a really stupid idea. So I take I take questions on this podcast, GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. Email me right now if you're listening and you're thinking you have a fear that we sh- that Caleb and I should talk about. And make sure in the subject line you put my greatest fear. Put my greatest fear and email it to GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. And then I'll make sure, Caleb, you come back because you are one of the guys that has uh, probably less fear of any other human I've ever met. Thank you. Probably the least. You have the least amount of things that scare you. <laughs> yeah, as you say, thank you. <laughs> thank, <But> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this would be this would be a good subject for a future podcast, as I could go through some of your greatest greatest fears and read them aloud. Uh, off the cuff and we could just go down the list and we could say yep 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 validated validated i don't know about that one and uh, that would be a, a fun episode now that you know mine what is yours uh deep dark water and neil diamond music are right <laughs> there both equally terrifying you remember that movie, Saving Silverman? Yes, and unfortunately, it was a really good movie, and that that was the one where, was he saying that? He was, they're like, yeah, I hate Neil Diamond. He goes, yeah, well, he's our hero, and he's America's songwriter. Yeah. That was a good movie. Still, still, Neil's not getting off the hook. Terrible music. Yeah, that was a funny movie. We used, that was one of the old uh, movies we watched in the van. He okay when he gets on the van when he gets in there and he's like this is a mission of love it was a it was a funny movie up until that point and I was like see Neil ruined it as he does everyone could relate to Saving Silverman because you've either been in a relationship like that with an absolute crazy person or you've definitely been involved in a friend circle where one of the friends 
is in that relationship and all the guys are there may be girls i can't speak for the girls but all the guys are conspiring on how to break them up to get their friend back we've all been in one of those two situations <laughs> everybody's known a yoko yeah right yeah unfortunate for the beatles so let's take a break and then let's answer some of the questions we don't have the scared questions yet but remember to email about your greatest fear we're going to take a break do a sponsor break and then me and you're going to answer some questions that people have already asked What's up, everybody? Thank you for watching and listening to this podcast. Wherever you are, I'm grateful that you're here. I want to talk for a minute about our sponsor of this podcast. It's Ritual. It's a multivitamin. Now, you probably take a multivitamin, or maybe you've heard about multivitamins, or maybe you think you want to get into it. But if you just go to your local drugstore and just grab something off the shelf, what do you know about what you're actually putting into your body? So, in steps Ritual. Because these normal multivitamins have sugars, GMOs, synthetic fillers, artificial colorants, not to mention animal byproducts like sheep's wool and gelatin from hooves and hides, and all these ingredients that you could find that, are, that, are, that you don't need. Uh, but Ritual isn't your typical multivitamin. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly formula is made with key nutrients in forms that your body could actually use with no shady extras. And I like to know that they have a... They have a one-of-a-kind visible supply chain that tells you exactly what you're getting. Because I personally, I don't know about you, but if I'm taking a Volti vitamin, I don't want it to be, need to be sweet. Or I don't need it to look a certain way with a certain color. I'm not going to go, oh, it's not, it's not the color I like. That has nothing to do with why you would want to take a multivitamin. I want to take it to supplement things I might have missed from my normal diet that day. So I want to supplement with a, a multivitamin. They're formulated with key nutrients like vitamin D3 to help fill gaps in the diet. The refreshing taste delayed re release capsules are designed to dissolve later in less sensitive areas of the stomach. So you could, you could take them with or without food. You're not going to get sick. I have a sensitive stomach. I can get sick off of a normal multivitamin if I don't have anything in my stomach. Just saying. That's a side note. Uh, but you always know exactly what you're going to get. This for, it's, it's for men, women, teens. It's not, it's not specifically for just men or just, just for women. It's, it's right for humans from teen and up. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every single month with Ritual. It's free shipping always. You could start this subscription thing. You could snooze it. You can cancel it anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first few months, they're just going to refund your order. If you think that this is for you and you trust me with your multivitamin needs, you deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering my listeners to the Granger Smith podcast right here, right now, 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com forward slash Granger to start Ritual today. That's ritual.com, R-I-T-U-A-L.com forward slash Granger to start your ritual today. All right, Caleb Kelly, Colorado drummer slash now has become warehouse manager extraordinaire podcast. You've been on three episodes now, and now this is the first time you're actually going to answer some questions. All right. You down for that? Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with, uh, I've divided these into light and heavies. I've also, I've, I've started, I've gotten so many questions from people. Once again, it's GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. I've gotten so many questions that I've started dividing it into light, heavy, God, brothers, amber, it's soon to be greatest fear, all these different folders. A lot of different categories. I have an other folder. Okay, but this is out of my light folder. I'll start with the oldest one, which comes back in September. It's from Patrick. And Patrick's from Harrison, Ohio. He says... Would you ever be interested in writing a book about your career, family, faith, grief, etc.? I feel like you're very knowledgeable and could provide so much insight to these topics. You're my inspiration to make me become a better father, husband, man of God. Hope to see you in Cincinnati in October. <laughs> or uh, after the world gets back to normal. Yee Yee Patrick, Ohio. Bro, I'm so sorry we didn't make it to Cincinnati in October, obviously. Um... 
It's the, the problem with reading some of these questions that are old. I get a lot of these questions. Um, it's interesting, though, Patrick, that you asked this question because I had a call today at 2 p.m. with our booking agency and with their book department. And they actually canceled. <laughs> they canceled. This is the second time they've canceled. I'm not too happy about it. In fact, you want me to read? You want me to read to everyone right now her response? This is the book lady. They canceled the book? Yeah. She said, it's all, all caps, it's all on me. I'm truly sorry, Granger. My nanny bailed on me today. I'm looking forward to talking to you about this book, but don't want to give you anything but 100% of my focus. That's just how I roll. And uh, you deserve better. It won't happen again. Scout's honor. So anyway. I thought you said the book was canceled. She sounds nice. You mean the call The call about Uh. the book is canceled. People are going to think the book was canceled. I'm just trying to say that for the sake of answering this question that to, to say that I'm actually in the process of putting a book together. I don't, and what that call is going to be about is going to be about what's the book going to be about. <laughs> that's re- that's really like, that's what this lady specializes in is getting someone's brain and all the scattered pieces and going, okay, let's focus on that subject. Like, is it going to be about music or is it going to be about, um, a, touring band is it going to be about grief and loss is it going to be about um i I don't know it's like a record producer does with a artist in the studio yeah almost exactly that taking all those thoughts and just saying okay here's what we're going to focus on so to answer your question patrick yes i'm going to get on that thank you for asking it and i don't know when i'll be able to announce anything else about it besides that's all i know is i'm waiting on a phone call Um, let's go to another out of the light category here. This question comes from Scott. Um, It says, sorry, these are uncensored sometimes. It says, I'm too poor to afford a cameo. I come from a poor farming family, so I'm not getting anything for my birthday, but could you possibly think about wishing me a happy 16th birthday? I understand if you can't. Buddy, happy 16th birthday. Consider this uh, an absolutely free shout out. This podcast is free, so I appreciate you reaching out. Sixteen's a big one, and um, yeah, that we're a little bit late because this question came in September. But Scott, I hope you're still listening. Me and Caleb both want to say happy birthday, buddy. Unless it was a a, a, a misspelling and you wanted couldn't afford a Camaro. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Cameo, Cameo is a is a website that I could do a sh- like a birthday shout out. That's what he's talking about. You could buy a video, a personalized video from me that then you could give to a friend or you could have for yourself. So that makes sense. It's either that or Camaro. I couldn't afford. The Camaro I can't either. afford a Camaro either. Yeah. I thought you were going to buy him a Camaro for a second. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, here we go. Uh, I got excited because his name's Denver, but I thought it might relate to you, Caleb, because you're from Colorado. But this question comes from Denver Massey. He says, hey, I'm Denver Massey. I'm from Horn Lake, Mississippi. Shout out to Mississippi. I messaged you on Cameo. It's either that or Camaro. It says, how long did it take for you to quit any other jobs you were doing just to gig full time? When did you know it was time for that leap? And when are you going to let me open a show for you? I hope all is well with you and your family, man. So it sounds like uh, Denver is a a musician. Shout out to you, buddy. Um, and you, Caleb, this is perfect. It's right up your alley mm-hmm. um, as a fellow musician here. What what would you say to Denver? What, his question is, when you're working a job to pay the bills, when do you know it's, you can take that leap into full-time gigging? That's a tough one. Um, I mean, that, that's tough because when I when I started touring with you, I was still working uh, a job as well. But yeah. this was back in the day. But I would uh, work Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and leave like Wednesday night with you guys. Get home Sunday morning, go back to work Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Yeah. 
So I, I think the way to answer that question, Denver, is pretty simple. It sounds complicated, but it's pretty simple. When your paid gigs start interfering with your work gigs, your, your day job, and your boss can no longer be flexible because you're missing so much, that's when you know it's time to make the leap. You don't do it any time before then. You don't. I think it's. Um, I, th- I would be ill-advised for me to tell you to quit your day job and jump into a music gig that doesn't exist yet for the sake of having more time to write and uh, craft, right? So you might be thinking, I don't have any time because I work so much, I don't have any time to write music or to work on my band. But you do. I mean, you just, you cut, you cut out some Instagram time, cut out some Facebook time, cut out some Netflix time. You could always find ways in your day to carve out, okay, I got home from work. I just worked uh, eight hours at work. I just want to rest. Okay, you got to make that sacrifice that and add a little discipline to your day. And so now I'm going to spend an hour working on guitar or writing a song or practicing with my band in the garage tonight from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Um, I would not advise leaving work until... You've got the bills paid with the, your paid gig. And even then, when you absolutely have to call the boss one more time to get off to go travel, and he says, hey, man, I'm going to have to let you go if you keep doing these gigs, then you go, okay, now decision will be made. Right? Yeah, that was cool. That was cool when it happened because um, initially, like I said, I was, I was having to work. Uh, I only had Sunday afternoons off in between us touring and then me doing electrical work. And then eventually, yeah. eventually, all I was doing was playing drums, which was the coolest thing in the world. But yeah, I did it until I until I could uh, just do it playing music. Yeah. Would you say say yes to everything until you say no? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with working that working that job and working on your your gig. Every musician in the world pretty much has done that. And if it means that much to you, you'll stay up late. Yeah. You'll write. You'll write. You'll in the stay up day. late. Yeah. You'll you'll carve out that Instagram time. I mean, it's crazy, it, and I've talked about this before on on this podcast. But it's crazy what you could find out about yourself if you time block, write down your day, like say, okay, for these next three days, I'm going to log everything I do. Okay, eight, I got up at seven, and from seven to eight, I'm. Made coffee, brushed my teeth, you know, got dressed, took a shower, whatever. And then from 9 to 10, if you just seriously write that all down, then you'll be shocked when you go back and read that and go, dude, I spend three hours and 45 minutes average daily just on Facebook? You know, (laughs) there's your rehearsal time. There's your songwriting time. You know? Seven hours in the bathroom. That's embarrassing. Yeah, seven hours in the bathroom? Um an hour every day catching up on Granger Smith podcast? What? That is great. Keep That's doing that. Be doing. Keep doing that. We go another light here, and then we'll switch to heavy. Deal. <laughs> uh, this is from Tony. Once again, I'm kind of catching up here on emails. This is from September, but it says he's from Chico, California. Love that town. Love our fans in Chico. What's up? Um, and this is a little bit of a long one. So I'm going to try to I'm trying to find out what he's saying here. It said I had the pleasure of meeting you during a meet and greet on December seventh, twenty nineteen, in Chico, California, at the Senator Theater. It was great, and I had the pleasure of giving you a Christmas ornament. It's funny that we're reading this now in December. We're we're a year removed from a very different two thousand nineteen. Um, he says you're my favorite favorite artist more than King George, more than Garth. Man, thank you, dude. Um, he said, I'm, I'm a big fan, uh, and I'm hooked on the podcast. That's so cool. He said, leading into my question, I have so many. He says, I know, you're, I know your music is growing more mature. It seems like a natural progression, while many artists are still recording the same kind of message material year after year. Actual question here. It says, Granger, looking back on your catalog and the songs over the years, are there songs that you now rethink maybe a message... Or a thought that was good at the time, but maybe not right for me now? If so, can you share your thoughts? 
What do you think, Caleb? That's a tough one. I mean, nothing's gonna... I mean, a song that you wrote in the past, is it applicable to you right now? Well, you've been playing my catalog. You've played almost everything in my catalog going back to 2004, mm. five. And it's a good question. It's a legit question because you would think... I wrote a song about a girl I was dating, per se, per se. And now, so I've long since broke up with that girl, and I'm now married with children. And why would I ever sing a song about that old girl that was not a good girl? And so that's probably what he's thinking. I see what you're saying. Um, or, I don't want to sing about me and my buddies in college, you know, with bonfires and trucks, because I don't do that every day anymore. Maybe he's thinking that, something like that. And I think it's a good question, but I am, I've, every year that goes by, every year I get removed from an album, an old album, I get less critical of it, which is weird. When our album first comes out and the year that follows, that's when I'm the most critical about those lyrics and that melody and that music and those songs. And I think, oh, I could have done that better, or I wish I wouldn't have said it that way. Or, But when 10 years go by, it becomes like an antique. And then you kind of enjoy the, the scars and the scratches and the dings and the wobbliness of it. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's an antique. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be, have its flaws. It's like a yearbook. It's, yeah, it's like a yearbook, you know? So... It's fun. I'll sing those songs as long as people are excited about them at the live show. And I don't, I've said this before, I don't have much interest into playing music at my shows just for the sake of me loving that music. I, I like to play it if other people love it because then in turn that makes me feel better about playing it. Yeah, and aren't they like, uh, once you write that song and release that song, it, it only partially belongs to you. Those are now someone else's first kiss, Dude. last kiss. That's great. Uh, you know, like, that's only partially yours, but it's kind of your duty to give them that nostalgia that is associated with that song. That's great. We mean you've had that discussion in the van, like, late night drives mm -hmm. in the van, and we've had these, dis these long, drawn-out discussions on why do you make music, or why do you perform music, and... Who does that music belong to? Because you're right. At some level, when I write, we'll say, we'll say Earl Dibbles Jr. We'll just say America. When I write America, that's not mine anymore once it releases. Because there's people that, like, that's their, that's their yeah. best bumping song. Same. Or you take a love song, like, happens like that. I can't, I can't look at somebody that literally got married and that was their first dance. I can't look at them and go, that's not your song, that's my song. Yeah. Ah, it's my song. Yeah. So it's... I have to assume their their partial ownership in everything once it's released to the world. And I it's not me speaking because I feel I feel an ownership to some of George Strait's songs and some of the, all the music that I love. I feel partial ownership like that's my that's why people say that's our song. A couple. That's our song. No one pulls out a you know, a lawyer's agreement and goes, where, no, where does it say you own this that, song? That's my jam. Yeah, that's my jam. That's my jam. They don't say, that's his jam that I, that yeah, I listen to. That's his jam he wrote. The term is, that's my yeah. jam. That's our song. Everybody's been to a concert where they either didn't play that song or they didn't play that song, but then they came back and played, on, played it on the encore. And you're like, ah, oh, man, if they didn't play that song, I was going to be really upset. Because yeah. that's your memory. It's, it's closely, assigned, closely assigned to, like, something you did or someone you were with. Yeah. So. so to say that an old song of mine, that I might not I might not experience that life moment anymore, or I might be embarrassed of it for any reason, to say that I'm going to pull it out of my catalog forever is to say that no one else, because I can't relate to it anymore, no one else can either. And that's not, that's not a way to approach it. I'm not saying that every artist doesn't do that, because there's probably a lot of artists that do that, that say, nope, I ain't never playing that song again. None that I like. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty selfish. 
I, I heard, for instance, I heard, um, you know, Corey Morrow, who's a mm -hmm. Texas, Texas country singer. Corey Morrow is known regionally in the state of Texas. And I've known him for 20 years. He had a come to Jesus experience in his life where he suddenly became Corey Morrow, the evangelist, really. And what that did was suddenly he didn't want to play certain songs. Like he has a song called Big City Stripper. He will, and it was like one of his most popular songs. He will not play Big City Stripper. This is our merch guy, Matt, used to work for him. This is where I heard this story from. So Matt told me just the other day, it's like, Corey will not play it. And people get mad. Now, I'm not advocating for it or against it in this scenario. I'm just saying it's a scenario of a time when an artist goes, I ain't never playing that song again. That's interesting. So... It's a great question. Although that's that's slightly different. Well, no, it's not different. But like, you can't be like, yeah, I married, uh, I met my wife. Our first dance was <laughs> to Big, Big City Stripper. <laughs> that song makes me think of my wife. <laughs> well, uh, here's a question from Bobby, and it says, "See where he's from." I don't think it says that. It says, "Hey Granger, did you ever have any other album titles for Remington? If so." What were they, and how did you decide on Remington from the start? Your album, Remington, is how I found you, and Remington just happens to be a significant part of my family tree. Thank you, Bobby. Appreciate you, Bobby. Thanks for the question. I could probably say that there's some albums that I went back and forth on a title for. Remington is one of the ones that I'm pretty sure, and this was in, I think Remington was like 12, 2015 and I'm almost positive that Remington was a, a title that I wanted for the album before I even wrote that song and sometimes that just happens sometimes I go man what if this album was called Remington it's just, a, just like a solid American name and then I could base the theme of the album around that title so then obviously I had to write the song that's interesting. I think it, that was a reverse process. I wrote, I had the album title, and then I wrote the song, and then the album was named after the song, which was actually a title. So it was all backwards. Um, I'm interested to know why you're saying, Bobby, that Remington is a significant part of your family tree. It's interesting, but I think I answered the best I could. Here we go. This is This question is from Colton. And says, hey, Granger, how do I deal with anxiety and depression? That's all it says. One sentence. Hey, Granger, how do I deal with anxiety and depression? And I, I will say, this is one of the most common types of emails I get. Really? A lot of people, it's because we're human, and no one is immune to this. It doesn't. No amount of money makes you immune to it. There's, there's no secret. All humans fall into this category. You have extremely poor people that fall into this category. You have extremely wealthy people that fall into this category. You have people that are single and looking for love or friendship that fall into this category. Then you have people that are happily married with tons of friends that fall into this category. You have everybody in between. So Caleb, how do I answer this for so many people? Uh, you know me well enough. Yeah. By the way, I don't just bring Caleb in here because he's some dude in the warehouse. Like, you know, we've had moments. We've, we both have had high moments together. Mm -hmm. And then me and you have had the lowest of moments. I've seen you at your lowest. Yeah. And you've seen me at my lowest. And I've seen you there multiple times. And you've seen me there multiple times. I've yeah. also seen you at your highest moments. And you've seen me at my highest. So that's why you're on this podcast to help me with the, I'm not just, I wouldn't just go to a random person and say, help me answer this, this question. So how do you say, how do you deal with this? Um, well, I was just talking to someone the other day, kind of about this situation. I still deal with those two anxiety and depression. And sometimes I can say it like, uh, well, there's this old saying, if you live with one foot in yesterday, and one foot in tomorrow, you're pissing on today. Meaning you're not really focusing on what's happening right now. 
man, that's looking so at good. this. That is so good, man. <laughs> looking at this comet, you can take not because they could both be in different areas, but like let's say anxiety and depression. Sometimes depression is can be associated with your past and anxiety is associated with your future so that goes back to the whole living in yesterday and and tomorrow and pissing on today is that if you were living if you can remind yourself that i am here right now i'm here right now sitting next to granger doing a podcast that helps me kind of be more present and then i'm not focused on what happened in the past and i'm not focused on the anxiety of the future so not living in your head helps me, you know, because you, you can get depressed about what you couldn't change about the past, and you can get anxious about the fears that you have about the future, but that's you're not living in today. And uh, I mean, we talked about it once before. It could always get worse. You think it can't, but it can. So trying, trying to live in the moment as much as you possibly can helps you not focus on the past or the future. Uh, I'm not saying that like yeah. I know exactly how to do it. I'm just saying. No, I, 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 that's the same. That's the same place I was going to go with this answer is because your question is, how do I deal? You didn't say, how do I fix it or how do I avoid it? You said, how do I deal? And that's the correct way to ask it because there is no fix and there is no avoiding it. So you deal with it by pulling yourself into the moment. And sometimes the present moment, say you're driving a car, sometimes the present moment is, what are my hands doing on the steering wheel? Okay, I've got, I've got my hands right here, then I'm gripping. What does that steering wheel feel like? It's that finite of a moment. Like, what, is this, what does it feel like to be sitting in this seat like, how do I feel the seat of this vehicle under me? That finite. And, and when, I'm, when my world has closed in so much that I'm, I'm overwhelmed with that kind of anxiety, then the one thing to pull me out, if I'm not going to get spiritual in this conversation, the one thing to pull me out is to be in the moment, which... To straddle this the spiritual, God is always in the present. Mm-hmm. And and there's many times in the Bible where God God talks about I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Everything about God and Christ is present. It's here and now. And it's forever. It it always was and it always will be and it always is. But it's always present moment, present tense. That's when you see in in Easter, everyone puts their signs in their yard that says, He is risen. And if you think about that for a long time, you're like, that doesn't that sentence doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. It wasn't he was risen. He yeah, has he risen. risen. He will rise, but he is risen. That doesn't that doesn't make English sense. But it's it's because it's currently happening. He is he is risen. And and if, if, if all else fails, the way to find God is now, in this moment, not tonight or tomorrow or Sunday morning at church or, or regretting something you did in the past or remembering something that was good that is no longer. It's right now. And it's as present as, like you said, we're on this podcast. I'm nowhere else in this world right now. I got all these things apparently going on, like family and Christmas is coming up and where are we going to go visit? Are we going to go see mom? And what's going on in Yee Yee Apparel right now? What work is Caleb missing that I took him out of so he could be... None, none of that matters except for where we are talking in this bus to this camera. This is this is our lives and this is this is where we are. So Colton, wherever you are, stop for a minute, breathe, fill that literally the breath in your nostrils and out of your mouth. That's where you are. And there is peace in that present moment. There is a lack of anxiety. Cannot live. Anxiety and depression cannot live in your current breath. I agree. 
And if you have one foot in yesterday and one foot in tomorrow, you're pissing on today. I like that. Let's see. <laughs> That's such a good image, man. I love that. Uh, we got time for one more? You Let's cool with it. that? Oh, yeah. This question is from Dawson. And it says, Hey, Granger, I've been a longtime fan of yours, and my girlfriend and I really like your music, especially three, three songs in particular. When the Good Guys Win, That's Why I Love Dirt Roads, and They Were There. I was wondering if I could have the honor to propose to my girlfriend on stage and if you could help me with doing that. Well, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah. I might have just blown it. Maybe we don't say Dawson's last name. Yeah, we won't say. <laughs> That's what there's been another Dawson. Uh, oh, yeah, somewhere out there, there's a Dawson who's not going to propose. Who's like, oh, no. <laughs> let's just roll. Let's roll with the fact that I've now read it, I've now revealed it, and hopefully your girlfriend does not listen to this podcast. And this email came on November 17th. So we're about, we're exactly a month removed from that email. Um, so the answer is yes. And I want you to, let's see, I'm trying to figure out how to do this without it being, um, without tour manager Chris getting overwhelmed. But just give him his phone number. <laughs> Let me just say his phone number over, over the podcast. But we have had many people propose on our stage. There was a time when Happens Like That was um, popular on the radio. There was like a six-month period when every single show, every day, every single show, somebody proposed to a girl. So much so that now we're starting to see the divorces coming in with those same proposals. Oh, full circle. Yeah, full circle. Be like, hey, bro, how's, it, how's your wife? Ah, oh, we split up. I haven't seen you since. <laughs> split up since 2017 or whatever. I mean, it happens like that. It happens like that. It happens like that. So, yeah, the, uh, Dawson, my tour manager's name is Chris Lee. You could find his Instagram is Chris Lee Country. And I believe that's his Twitter also. So hit him up, DM him on there, and just say, hey, Granger said on his podcast that I could contact you. Now, the biggest problem with this is we don't know when we're touring because of the craziness. But um, if you could hang on a little bit, buddy, hang on to 2021, and we'll be back around your town. And I would love to be able to get you on stage and propose to your girlfriend. And Caleb, do you think you'll be back for another podcast? Do I think that you he, think you'll you think you'll be back? Oh, oh yeah, I'll be back. Okay, whenever you need me. And you guys comment below if you want to see more Caleb. I, I did that last time and it was like overwhelming. Bring Caleb back. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Everybody likes a train wreck. I know what it is. If you got one foot in yesterday and one foot in tomorrow, tomorrow, you're pissing on today. The stuff like it's like the little nuggets that you bring to the world. Boom. So. Let's go get to work. <laughs> we'll see you guys. Yee -yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.